financially tuned. Whether it's a high-performance engine or an orchestra, there's a significant difference between being slightly out of tune or perfectly in tune. The same is true of your finances. When your financial plan is even slightly out of tune, you may be paying too much for taxes, exposing yourself to too much risk, or retiring without a sound income plan. And like the conductor of an orchestra or skilled mechanic, Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planners is the professional who helps to potentially get everything financially tuned. For the past 24 years, Eric Cheek has provided current, insightful advice for seniors, retirees, and those preparing for retirement. Eric works one-on-one -on -one with each of his clients to take the confusion and mystery out of the issues that threaten financial peace of mind. Contact Eric at 775-674-2222 or on the web at nvretirementplanners.com. And now here's Eric Cheek to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome to another show of Financially Tuned with me, Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners. And as always, my co-host, Tony Shore. Now, we're really excited to have you join us today because in this show, we're going to be discussing women and finances, two of my favorite topics. <laughs> Despite being more educated and financially empowered than past generations, the majority of women are still insecure when it comes to investments, retirement planning, and their financial future. How can you blame them? You know, with more and more women responsible for handling their family's finances, they feel overwhelmed at times with all the options and decisions required when planning for retirement income and leaving a legacy. Well, I bet. And this is a really timely and excellent topic. Eric, I, I, I think that's great. Uh, you always come to, come to the table for each show with some great topics on hand. Uh, but before we get into that, I, I want to ask you, how are you doing? What have you been up to for fun these days? What have I been up to for fun? Let me see. Yeah. I painted my house last weekend, mm, and that, that was just a, that a bundle of joy. That doesn't sound like Dodging fun. Dodging thunderstorms and all that kind of good stuff, but it got it done. But other than that, work is good, very busy. Uh, stock market is uh, undecided as to what direction it's going to go this year so far. Yeah. So that keeps us uh, on our toes for sure. But uh, everything's good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I want to thank you once again, Eric, for having me on your radio show. You do a great show. And it's always fun for me to join you uh, for these little excursions each week. And uh, I hope that our listeners out there are helped by this. There's a lot of great information in the show. Uh, but I've been good. You know, uh, the kids are out of school now. So uh, got the three kids out. My son now has his driver's license. So I'm warning everyone out there, get off the roads. Um, stay in your homes where it's safe. <laughs> but seriously, I've been busy. You know the drill, busy, work and family. Yep. Um, That's nice. Yeah. But uh, let's, let's get into our topic for today, women and finances. Why, Eric, is it important for women to face their financial future with confidence? Well, I can just cut to the chase and say it's because more women than men will be uh, the final person handling final uh, their family's finances. Uh, you know, depending on what actuarial tables you go to, whether it's insurance or uh, Social Security, women typically outlive men about eight times out of 10 by, you know, depending again, the source, you know, five to six to seven years. So, uh, it's certainly been true in my practice that uh, a lot of clients, uh, uh, married couples I take on as clients, the final client 
typically is the wife. And so I think it's really important uh, for women to be able to uh, take this time of their life when they're making financial decisions and have some confidence in that decision making. Um, women are living longer than ever before. So are men. Uh, but women are still living uh, quite a bit longer. I guess they just take so much better care of themselves. Uh, you and I, Tony, kind of just tend to tough out things and and delay going to the doctors. And women don't do that. And <laughs> yeah, it's research true. has proved that they just live longer than men. Uh, also, some other statistics. You know, women 50 and older, they control a lot of net worth in this country. Uh, according to Mass Mutual Financial Group, Women control about 19 trillion or three-fourths of the nation's retirement wealth, uh, according to a report that was filed uh, by Mass Mutual a few years wow. back. So wow. they end up being in charge with a lot of things. Um, and yeah, I think sometimes women with their finances uh, are more pragmatic. Uh, they're not willing to risk as much as their male counterparts. So uh, there's a lot of challenges that are out there with women. So we just want to address some of those today. Sure. And I think that's really important. And for our listeners, before we go on, Eric, I want to just uh, reassure our listeners, some of the women out there, uh, this this episode is for both the women and men, because both spouses uh, need to hear what we have to say today. And the women out there might be thinking, well, what is he going to talk about uh, women and finances. What does he know? Two guys on the radio. <laughs> what do we know about women? But Eric, uh, you deal with this. You see it day in and day out with your clients and the people who come and meet with you. You see these, uh, the, the um, you know, the spouses uh, who are now in charge of the finances and the women uh, as they grow older in retirement, uh, being the sole person in charge and kind of left with the bag, holding the bag, so to speak, uh, and yep. needing to take care of things, right? Right. It's it's kind of two different uh, camps, if you will, Tony. You know, sometimes uh, a married couple, the wife will be the one that's primarily in charge of household finances and their investments. And and uh, the husband will focus on being the breadwinner and, and things of that nature. But other times, uh, you know, kind of the older clients, it was it was typical that the man was in charge of finances and the and and the wife uh may have been her focus may have been more about you know caring for the household and children and such uh now certainly those demographics have changed but uh i know that every couple that i have as a client usually one takes the lead when it comes to finances hopefully they're in agreement in how their finances uh operate and how they save and invest but typically someone takes the lead and a lot of times that can be the the male in the, in that relationship, but even if it's not, um, at some point because of the way that women outlive their their counterparts, more often than not, uh, my final client is a female, and so I've seen these challenges unfold uh, where they they have a feeling of being unprepared, or now I have this responsibility thrust upon me and I'm not prepared to deal with it. So we want to talk about some of those things um, and and how to handle it so folks, again, can be prepared for this phase of life. Right. So what are some, uh, do you have f female clients who come across some hardships when they're planning for their retirement? What are some specific hardships and challenges you see 
uh, your clients, uh, female clients facing? Well, sometimes it's, it's reduced income. Uh, they might be single, uh, at a later stage of life. And so their, their income has changed. And so their whole, uh, financial world can be, uh, not as they had planned at earlier ages. So they might have to do some catching up or, uh, rearranging of their investment strategies. Uh, so that's certainly a, a challenge that's very hard to overcome. Uh, sometimes it's just the opposite. Uh, people can get married later on in life and then they're at a point where they may want to be merging finances or, or keeping finances separate and then having a household account. So there's a lot of variations of it, but some of it is just a lack of of education and not wanting to deal with these uh, issues sure. until they're thrust upon them, and uh, they may they may have to deal with uh, a pension that's no longer available because um, they didn't have a spousal option on a pension, and so now they're left as a widow, and uh, the pension income from the spouse's side is no longer there. Uh, they may have to fund their own health care for the same reason. Maybe they had healthcare through their spouse's employer. And that certainly uh, is a challenge for older Americans as well as how do they deal with healthcare. And they certainly may have to deal with filling a gap in income uh, if a pension doesn't come over or reduce social security or a whole host of reasons. So uh, a lot of issues that, that come to bear, unfortunately come to bear on the female segment of our population. Uh, I think that's a that's a good point, and that's too bad that that happens. Now, I I, I assume one of the drawbacks is that um, uh, a lot of women need to find solid financial advice, and and maybe they aren't getting good financial advice. What are some typical ways that um, our listeners, our female listeners out there, can get solid financial advice? Well, I think it's a it, it's a great question to ask. And I think it's critical to know where you're getting your financial advice and more importantly, understand the motives behind the person giving the advice. I tell people a lot of times, unfortunately, the behavior in our industry is dictated a lot of times based on how people are paid. And it's a sad thing to say, but, uh, you know, women, I've found that, that a majority of women, they, they rate trust very high in who they want to deal with sure. and respect uh, is the most important factor. Now the guys, a lot of times they just focus on performance. You know, they just want to know uh, how good you are, what your track uh, record is, what your history is uh, with investments and so on and so forth. But women are looking uh, at different criteria uh, for seeking financial advice for certain individuals. So uh, I think that women fall back on making sure that they have uh, someone that they can work with that they feel they trust and also respect their advice. Uh, but I think if people just educate themselves on the various options available and how you can receive financial advice, uh, it will really help uh, in the long run. Well, yeah, I, I think that it would be very, very helpful. And I know that... Um you know, there's different types of financial advice out there. Uh, you know, you've got, I mean, and that's the problem that I see, Eric, is not all of them take the broad view. There's, I think a lot of people think that 
they're going to get uh, good advice for retirement uh, from an insurance-only agent who's just trying to sell them uh, some type of insurance. And then another would be registered representatives or brokers who you know are just interested in stocks in the market. And then um, there are registered investment advisors, which is more of what you are, who take a comprehensive overall look and help them with all the the aspects. So from social security planning to uh, dealing with inflation and health care and um, insurance and all the areas uh, as far as retirement planning, correct? Yeah, I go one step further than what you mentioned, Tony, because uh, yeah, our firm is a registered investment advisor, but I also have state licenses for life and health insurance. So uh, there's not a topic with regards to retirement planning or someone who's actively retired that I cannot address uh, legally and know uh, the best course of action for each particular circumstance. Yeah, the marketplace has definitely gotten cra- uh, crowded and also clouded by how people represent themselves uh, to clients. And I have a big issue with that. Uh, I always tell people that exactly how I'm registered and what that means. Uh, uh, a registered investment advisors registered with the SEC and we're registered to give investment advice for a fee. And so I just tell clients, I say, look, uh, we're on the same side here. Uh, when you pay our firm a fee to manage investments, the percentage that you pay us doesn't change, but the fee does based on the account balance. So if your account goes up and we do a really good job, the percentage doesn't change, but the fee does, it goes up as well. Now, if the exact opposite were to occur, if we were to give you bad advice and your account went dramatically down in value, well, we would be losing money right alongside our clients. Uh, as opposed to registered reps, we used to call ourselves stockbrokers back in the day. Nobody uses that term anymore. I guess it's fallen out of favor. Yeah. But uh, registered reps, they're registered just like we are with the SEC and uh, the state of Nevada. But they're representatives of their firms. And so I tell clients that if you're dealing with a registered rep from a, a major firm, uh, a broker dealer, their first interest always has to be with their firm, not you. And uh, so they have to do what is in their firm's best interest in all transactions. But typically they're just not set up, Tony, to give advice. They Their, their legal definition is they're are a broker. They broker securities transactions. They're the, the middleman in brokers transactions and they receive commissions. Nothing wrong with that, but they don't really have any skin in the game as uh, uh, they're paid up front when a transaction occurs. So if they put you into a mutual fund or another type of investment that doesn't perform that well, nothing's coming out of their pocket. So, uh, and then insurance agents, uh, you know, the only problem I have with that is, is they're not legally allowed to give investment advice. And I come across it a lot where uh, someone just has an insurance license, yet they're putting themselves out there as a, as a retirement planner or some kind of financial expert when legally the only thing they're allowed to talk about is insurance products. So yeah, uh, I just love to educate clients on these distinctions. And so if they're looking for a financial professional, they can they can ask a lot of very good questions to determine, A, if those people are going to do uh, uh, 
handle their their finances, their retirement in the client's best interest, not their firm's. And if they receive commissions, what those commissions are and for what products. So um, I just tell clients, look, uh, do you want someone who's a fiduciary for the firm they work for? Or do you want someone that's a fiduciary for you who uh, keeps your financial interest first? Right. And let that kind of be your guiding, um, your guiding principle as to how you match up with uh, the various financial professionals out there. But uh, well, I think basically people get their information from those three different sources and take it for what it's worth. But um, we like to just let folks know that, look, um, it's, it's okay to get uh, investment advice from registered reps. There's some great stockbrokers out there, uh, but most of them are focused in accumulation of wealth, not in distributing wealth through retirement and setting up vehicles that that can properly distribute streams of income to clients. So their training is a little bit different, but they can probably muddle their way through it. There's not too many registered reps that have insurance licenses. So that can be a limitation as well. But uh, I think it's just really good advice to get the background of, of people you may be hiring to work with your, uh, your retirement assets and, and get a really good feel for how they run their practices and, and how their businesses operate before you sign on the bottom line. Well, I think that's that's really good advice. And obviously, it is really important to work with someone you can trust and someone like you who uh, has that broad overview capability. Uh, we have to take a quick break. We're out of time for the first half of our show here. But before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add? Maybe tell the listeners how to get a hold of you. Sure. They could visit our website at nvretirementplanners.com or give me a call at the office at 775-674. 2222. Uh, if you go onto our website, you can download our complimentary retirement income toolkit and it'll help you prepare for the retirement you've worked so hard for. So I encourage you folks out there to, uh, to do just that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric. And uh, what a great first half of the show. We're going to finish up this discussion when we come back with Eric Cheek right here on Financially Tuned. Losing a spouse can be devastating. When it occurs, there is a whirlwind of emotions and decisions that need to be made. The last thing you want to do is worry about your finances. At Nevada Retirement Planners, we specialize in helping women make financial life transitions a little bit easier. That is why we have put together a helpful guide titled, The Top Six Things Every Woman Should Do Before the Death of Their Spouse. Give our office a call today at 775-674-2222 or online at nvretirementplanners.com and we will be happy to send you a copy. Life transitions are not always easy, but we can help make them simpler. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And Eric Cheek, as always, is the captain of this ship. And Eric, uh, what a great discussion. The first half of the show talking about women and finances, uh, especially when it comes to retirement. And I just wondered, what is a, a drawback or pitfall? What are some of the drawbacks and pitfalls that you see that women face in retirement? Well, I'll tell you another uh, pitfall. Uh other than being ill-prepared to take on their finances, even uh, ladies that have been handling finances for some time, I don't think they look out into the future and think that if they do outlive their, sp their spouse, what's the best way or how is this transition going to occur with 
assets they hold in their name now that they want to pass along to their children and grandchildren. So uh, I see a lot of single ladies out there that have outlived their spouses that have not explored the next phase of financial planning, which is legacy planning. And how do we get, for example, this IRA that they rolled over uh, to themselves uh, without uh, necessarily taking distributions. How does that IRA now go to their kids or grandkids if they themselves don't use it? So failing to take advantage of stretch IRA options or multi-generational IRAs is certainly something that I see a a real lack of planning in. And um, I encourage all my clients that now let's take a look at if you don't use this money, how do you want it to be dispersed to your loved ones. And so this is something that, uh, we do a lot and I find the need to do that a lot, uh, because of this, uh, and people are unaware of it a lot of times that they can pass on or stretch an IRA to a non-spouse beneficiary, but Congress passed a law and make it, made it legal back in 1986. And so if you're a non-spouse beneficiary and you've not set up an IRA to be stretched, uh, your kids, grandkids, uh, beneficiaries will either have to take a lump sum distribution or take an accelerated uh, five-year distribution. In a lot of cases, if it's a larger IRA, it makes a lot more sense to set up a multi-generational IRA and make sure that that IRA lasts as long as uh, possible. So this is another pitfall as well uh, that I see. Interesting. Well, yeah, and that's uh, that's not good. I mean, uh, people out there need to be uh, aware of these things. And you know what, Eric? It occurs to me as you're talking about this, uh, it's such a hard time uh, anyway. Um, you know, the loss uh, of a spouse is devastating, you know, whether it be the husband or the wife. And so that's why it's so important for those of our listeners who uh, are not yet in retirement to really get a plan in place, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, Think about it. You lose the person you've loved for years and years and years. And not only are you experiencing that loss, but it also opens the door for a lot of financial vulnerability where people can take advantage of someone. Their thinking may not be as clear and there's all these changes that are occurring in their lives. Um, You know, here's the one that happens most often and the one that they have to deal with most immediately is, is 90% of Americans above the age of 65 are drawn social security, but social security does not pay both checks to the surviving spouse. They pay the higher of the two. So if you just take the elimination of a social security check, this can create an income deficiency that needs to be filled immediately. You don't tell somebody, hey, uh, let's wait a few months while we figure out how you're going to pay for your uh, your weekly expenses and your monthly expenses because you've simply lost your spouse. There should be plans in place that can be implemented uh, immediately to fill that void or that gap in income. And certainly having a plan in place goes a long way in addressing this. Interesting. Well, I, I think that's uh, amazing. And now we're talking about pitfalls uh, that women have to deal with when it comes to planning their finances. 
I imagine uh, one of them is what we're talking about here is failing to prepare for legacy planning, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've, I've told clients this, even on the show, we've talked about it. You know, everyone has three potential beneficiaries, uh, family and loved ones certainly uh, is, is a potential beneficiary. And then uh, maybe they have a church or a charity that they're very fond of, a charitable organization that they want to make sure that uh, some money passes to. And then there's our friends at the IRS. They're always around oh. there uh, wanting to pick up uh, whatever they can when when uh, there's a death. So there's a lot of things that are up in the air. And certainly having someone that can guide uh, a person through this process in terms of their finances is is uh, a great help. My, I know my clients that have gone through this have appreciated it greatly. Uh, and it goes back to being able to trust the people you're working with and, and making sure that they're competent and have enough well-rounded experience to be able to give them some good advice and, and, and avoid the pitfalls, like you said, Tony, and, and, uh, and make this very hard transition as smooth as possible in terms of their finances, that's for sure. Sure. And I, I imagine another big aspect that I, I think we should talk about for our listeners, and you know a lot about this, Eric, and that's making sure all your beneficiaries are correctly stated and listed for all your assets, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we see lots of mistakes where uh, people don't keep their important documents updated. And certainly uh, this would be cause for someone to really look at all of these items when they lose a spouse, um, revisiting wills, having trusts updated, and certainly having financial accounts updated when someone loses a spouse is is very important. It's important even when they don't have a spouse that's passed away because people will take out uh, a life insurance policy, for instance, and they took it out for a certain purpose and they've held onto it for years and they've just never thought about going back and seeing uh, how the beneficiaries are structured on that. I just visited with a client this morning who is in a little bit of a uh, a tiff with one of her daughters, and it's all caused uh, by the death of her husband. He just died about three months ago, and, and her and her daughter are having a real tough time, and she's thinking about changing her will. And uh, if she does do that, I, I reminded her it's not just as simple as changing your will. You've got accounts where you have beneficiary designations, and there's a, quite a few things to do about that. And and I'm hoping cooler heads will prevail and all that. But well, yeah, it's not as easy as just uh, saying, "Oh, my daughter's off my will now." You know, no, nope. uh, that's fine. Uh, but if you don't take her off beneficiary designations on financial institution accounts like IRAs and life insurance policies, then that will isn't going to matter. Uh, beneficiary designations on financial accounts supersede wills and trusts. So we went through that and I'm, I'm sure her and her daughter will mend fences, but there's a lot of considerations in doing that. And, um, and, and on top of the one she already has to do based on the death of her, her spouse, uh, three or four months ago. So, and these are things that just kind of slip through the cracks. There's lots of stuff going on when, when someone, loses a spouse and, and they can certainly get pushed off to the side for more important uh, items, but they certainly need to be addressed. And, and so we want to make sure that uh, anytime someone's family changes in that regard, that we take a look at everything to make sure that 
not only the income is addressed, but their beneficiaries are updated and their legacy plan has been updated as well. Well, you know what? We're out of time for today's show. It just flew by. No. Yeah. We're just getting going here. I know. We might have to expand the show time to two hours for you, Eric. Or we just may have to do another show on uh, on women and finances and, and uh, discuss some other items we didn't have enough time to. I'm sorry. I just talked too much, I guess. Sure. Do you have anything else you'd like to let our listeners know before we go today? No. I would just encourage our listeners that are interested to go to our website at NV retirementplanners.com, download that retirement income toolkit because it can give you some really good information to help secure uh, your retirement Uh, because it's really, it's just dedicated to providing you with information that can help you make sound decisions and really work on building a solid retirement built on a foundation that will stand the test of time. So if you have any questions at all, uh, email me or give me a call at 775 674 2222. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Eric Cheek at Nevada Retirement Planners. Call 775-674-2222 or visit their website at nvretirementplanners.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. 